The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber, live from separate locations. It is a stunner by any stretch of the imagination. The jobs number for May, 2.5 million jobs added, not subtracted. As leisure hospitality comes to the rescue, accounting for half of those gains, we're going to hear from the president in a news conference in an hour. Futures do suggest a breakout here. Oil's above 39, 10-year, 91 basis points, Jim. Uh, one more way in which uh, the economy in this case has confounded some, and yeah, the market's had it right. Yeah, it's funny. There wasn't a day that we came in. And we heard from very big people, rich people, hedge fund managers, saying that this is uh, ridiculous, that it's that it's fanciful, that the rally itself was completely uninformed. Uh, I admit, look, there were parts of me that just said, are you kidding me? Every morning the airline's going to be up big when very few people are flying and we got the hotels up big. Well, it turns out that the hiring took place in the areas that we felt were most devastated, retail, travel, leisure. And uh, it's remarkable because... When you're looking for 20 percent, you've got all your scripts all set to talk about the beginning of the next Great Depression. And then you get the actual numbers. It kind of knocks your socks off and you struggle to, to think, uh, why did we hear so much woe is me? Now, uh, the other side says, well, we heard it because 13 percent is still unfathomable. But it's certainly uh, more more uh, fathomable than 20 percent. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I, Jim, it, it's good. It is good. Uh, and the president right now is uh, tweeting as we speak. Uh, it's a stupendous number. It's joyous. Let's call it like it is. The mark was right. It's stunning. Uh, tagging you, Jim. And then adds it is a stunner by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, now, some will look at the Nasdaq futures today and suggest, OK, are the stay at home stocks going to get dinged here? But what's important to focus on? Well, I think what's important to focus on is that for day after day, we have seen the airline stocks go up. Uh, and they're now the government gave uh, these companies money and the government has giant warrant wins in all of these. I wonder whether the government takes it. But it, it does show you that before we even saw places to go, uh, theme parks, say uh, retail, people were going. And, and I think that there must be a perception uh, among the many parts of the country. And, David, I think this is something you and I talk about a lot. That And I, this is not my perception. I'm just saying this is the perception that COVID-19 is behind us. Uh, that's a dangerous perception, but it must be the perception. Well, and during the course, of course, of the most difficult times, it appears that we were going through economically, Jim. We, we made the point that while we were in the center of the pandemic, uh, many parts of the country were not feeling the same way. And so it would appear that when they did reopen, the demand was there in a way that perhaps we hadn't anticipated, or at least some had not fully anticipated. Uh, you know, um, we made the point 21,000 new cases yesterday. It continues. It's just not part of the conversation anymore uh, for some reason. As you see, the president, of course, tweeting about it being a stunner by any stretch of the imagination. I think quoting what Carl said at the top of uh, a top of our program. Um, but, Jim, it's it's sort of a background conversation about the pandemic now. Uh, obviously, we've been dealing with social unrest for the last week in the country as well. Um, I do wonder, you know, we spoke to a lot of business owners. And, Jim, you said the same about wanting to hire people back. But the uh, bonus, so to speak, unemployment uh, money was keeping people from wanting their jobs back. I guess that may not have been as true as we thought. Or PPP really worked. I mean, there were, what, uh, more than 4 million businesses that took it. Uh, I think, again, you know, David, you hit on, on something. Uh, there is a region that we are in, 
And our region is hobbled tremendously, uh, both by the number of deaths we had and the number of, uh, of cases, and also by government that seems determined to make it so that non-essential uh, cannot survive. Uh, slow opening. The rest of the country did not react to the pandemic in the same way. Uh, and, and I begin to think when when uh, Frank Del Rio comes on from Norwegian Cruise and he says, you know what, Jim, you don't understand. The bookings are really big for next year. It's a, a firm and, uh, and optimistic view that the American people had uh, maybe well ahead of, the, of Wall Street about what can happen here. I think about the, the twin Ray, Ray Dalio, uh, Bill Ackman period, uh, and the idea of closing America or that America uh, might be finished. And uh, it, it's, it's off the table. And so now the question is, is whether it's a V or a U. Uh, I think that if you say it's a U, you might end up uh, being left behind by the, by the stock market itself because it's already well ahead uh, of where we thought it was going to be. Um, I wrote a right. script for what I was right. going to well, ask Vice President Pence, and I ripped it up. Yeah. Uh, I worked on it all night. And was like, <laughs> what the heck was I thinking? Well, I we, got watched, a ten, we have I a, we have a 10 o'clock uh, press conference now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, listen, Jim, you've been talking for a couple of weeks now more positively about the market, yes. which has been leading sort of the sense of the economic recovery. And many people have been questioning it. Continue to, by the way, given uh, today we may be inching closer and closer to being flat on the year for the S&P, something Miss. that just seemed virtually um, impossible not that many weeks ago. We've watched the banks turn around in a dramatic way. That seems to be continuing today, as you might expect, given the overall reflection of a recovering economy. The airlines have been another feature, Jim. Um, I mean, so the market knew that we were going to have a V or we may not. I mean, again, I come back to the conversations that I have time and again with companies that perhaps are having a harder time, granted. But they're not talking about hiring people. Um, They're talking about making furloughs permanent. So I do wonder, and Steve Leisman referred to this earlier, this sort of idea of a second wave. Um, That comes into mind for people who least question the valuation of the current market at this point and the earnings power of the companies as well. Well, I spoke to to, to, uh, several CEOs in the uh travel business, airline business yesterday. They all said the same thing. People want to travel. I spoke to a a high-level CEO at a major uh, aerospace company. People want to travel. I mean, it would just be incredible. Let's say that the FAA gave the high sign for the 737 MAX. Uh, Does Boeing go to 300? Yes. Because if people want to shop and people want to fly and they're going to get that opportunity as we open, it will it will take only a second wave of of the the, of the pandemic that can slow this thing down because uh, it goes the other way. And people start hearing it and CEOs start hearing it and executives start hearing it and say, you know what, unless my business is being shut down by the state government or the city government, I better get on the case because there's a lot of pent up demand. And that's what I'm seeing. Watch Ford Motor. We know that the CDC yesterday basically said no more carpool. And we know we don't want to use public transit because we believe that's where the COVID really got was concentrated on in New York and in Philadelphia. And next thing you know, you see it, an auto rally. It's all happening too fast. I think that the stunning thing was, no, oh, there were so many people who thought we had to retest the bottom. Those are the people who are going to have to come in. You see them. If you watch the crawl, so to speak, uh, since 5 o'clock this morning, South Southwest Air, United, just buy, buy, America, buy, buy, buy. And American, now it's time for maybe Secretary Mnuchin should be cashing in. Uh, But the market got it right. And the big hedge fund guys who told us that this was going to be the highest and worst and most dangerous in 1999, well, they made an ill-advised prediction. Yeah. Jim, uh, one lesson here is that because of the reopening uh, success, you could call it. If we do see spikes in new cases, I mean, it is going to be virtually impossible to implement a second round of stay-at-home, shelter-in-place, lockdown restrictions. I think everybody agrees with that. So you have an index of COVID names. Would you be shorting that index? Can't short it because a lot of those COVID names uh, represent uh, tremendous innovations by tech to be able to do the uh, this work at home. And I think work at home is going to stay part of the equation. But uh, yesterday, Smucker reported a number. And uh, yeah, we're talking about I like this because it's PBJ. It's the most basic thing you have. And they were they were, I felt, downbeat 
uh, about the future. And I understand why they would do that, because the people are going to go out. They want to go out. Uh, The question is, will there be in a second wave a, a recognition that the hospitals, that the doctors have solved so many cases other than the elderly who uh, maybe just to be consigned to not be going out during this period. But, but you know what? We don't, it's not a death sentence anymore. We found out it wasn't a lung disease. We found out it was a circular disease. We found out it wasn't something you put people ventilators on. We found out that there were certain ways that you could handle it. We know that we're about to have a monoclonal uh, study that is, it starts in the next five days at Regeneron. We know that there's 2 billion doses perhaps ready for the Oxford uh, vaccine. So I think that science caught up uh, and passed the government. The government, uh, until uh, Dr. Fauci said, you know what, maybe it won't be a, 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 a full uh, redux. What's happened is, is that the hospitals and the doctors figured out things. They caught up with it. So I'm not as concerned about a full uh, 20, uh, 19, 18-like uh, uh, resurgence as I am a, a recognition that uh, the small businesses need to be able to come back because the government must let them come back. Enough with the non-essential designation. Enough with that. Enough with making Costco and Walmart the only people that we only stores. Let's open the rest of the country. People want to shop. People want to go somewhere. Let them do it. Jim, we got a big hour Uh, in uh, just the next few moments. We're going to talk to the vice president, Mike Pence, about the jobs number, China and a whole host of other issues. We're going to hear from the president himself in a news conference at the top of the hour. But if you're just waking up and joining us, the jobs number for May, 2.5 million jobs added in what is a stunning bit of economic data. We're back in a minute. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Jobs number this morning suggests a big pivot for the economy, and rates will tell you that, too. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Yes, and you know what? Rates going up, stocks going up, and data getting better. That's a trifecta of strength. However, when you're carrying record amounts of debt domestically and globally and adding more potentially, then maybe servicing the debt becomes an issue we're not quite there yet, but we need to cover all bases. Look at an intraday of 10s. Yield zoom, zoom, zoomed. We got up to 75 basis points. But as you'll notice, no matter what maturity you're looking at, no matter what part of the world you're looking at, when the coronavirus first hit, obviously the markets had their biggest moves. And in the fixed income sovereign space, that was basically mid-March. So all the charts started mid-March. So when was the last time we closed here in 10-year note yields? You guessed it, mid-March. Look at a 30-year bond. It traded as high today as 175, 175. But it traded all the way up closer to 180 at that other point in time. So it's getting very close to mid-March. And if we start breaking through there, that really will be wave two, chapter two of a breakout if we start to take out these mid-March extremes. Finally, what is this doing to the yield curve? Well, we know you could get pretty much permanent ink and draw your chart for two-year note yields. Certainly, they move a little bit from 16 to 19 basis points. But in the grand scheme of things, they're going to be like the Fed. Overnight rates are going to stay low for long, long, long. So tens to twos blows out a bit. As a matter of fact, right now, it's trading at a level right around 70 basis points. Should it close here, be the best close since February of 2018. And it could break out even farther. Finally, let's look overseas, because when it comes to correlations on the sovereigns, everybody's correlating here to so many issues, because if our economy does better faster and reopens slowly but surely and continues to have a rate of change improvement, I would think that investors would take that logic into other markets like Europe, and they have freshly sprinkled stimulus. So look for their markets to get rather explosive, and indeed, boon yields shot up, just missed minus 25 basis points. They haven't closed there since the 25th of March, and once again, mid-March extremes give you all the answers you need for the next breakout points. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you for that. 
Uh, we're not going to take our eyes off of the ongoing discussion about racial and income inequality in this country. Speaker Pelosi talked about that very topic with Jim last night on Mad Money. We can talk about what happened when and what and all that. Uh, but uh, I, I, there has been something very, uh, a pattern of bad behavior in terms of, of how people are feed, treated unfairly in our country. But let's, let's make this, take this moment to be a, an inflection point, a pivotal one that we are going to not just proceed incrementally, uh, but in a very strong way to do things differently. Just a moment ago, Jim, uh, Nike, $40 million commitment over the next four years to support the black community. I, I am uh, so impressed with Doug McMillan, the business roundtable, of course, is Nike, uh, really not saying uh, our hearts and prayers go out to this or that family. Uh, and I don't mean to, to mean this or that family. There are several instances, though, of, of uh, terrible uh, racial killing. And this is not uh, that time. This is a time when business feels, you know what, we got to roll up our sleeves and, and, and change things. That is very different from what we've seen during, say, a period where we had race riots in the 60s. Uh, and you have to respect the fact that business feels that they have to do more than wait for the government. It's almost as if business wants to lead the government. And, David, when, when you think about someone who is the head of Walmart, uh, coming on and speaking so eloquently, or uh, Arnie Sorensen, uh, Doug Parker. These these are uh, really I incredible, heartfelt thoughts that are not about, uh, okay, here's how I feel. I feel badly. Let's get to the numbers. They're not getting to the numbers. They're trying to figure out how to solve the problem, David. Right. Understood, Jim. Uh, and it's a good point. Let's hope that it is more than just press releases or money that is allocated towards this, but actual action and execution on that vision that occurs. I mean, you know, maybe we can even try to follow up on these things in a number of uh, months or even years, Carl, and see how it all worked out and see whether the companies did follow through. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're seeing some dollar signs, though. That's for sure, guys. Quick break here. Uh, we'll take a, a moment to look at futures. We'll talk to the vice president, as we said, in a minute. Uh, S&P looks to open up about 60 handles as the average S&P stock now is almost 34 percent above its three-month low. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back. Time for a mad dash. It's been a while since I've been able to say hot tan. Yes, David. And it's really an incredible thing that happened here. Uh, Broadcom reported they take on so much debt. They've made so many acquisitions. You know, they they did the CA acquisition. People thought it was maybe an acquisition too far. Software work to Symantec. And what I can tell you is, is that they talked about uh, really off the charts demand for for uh, for data. And when people are trying to figure out, OK, where does tech fit in in this moment? Maybe you do. My chapter just owns this one. Maybe you go for the raw data plays. Now, is this is as this is uh, pertinent as buying an airline stock or a cruise stock in light of the numbers? No. And Carl asked me a moment ago, do you do you short a covid index? I think Broadcom is still levered enough. But they did say that a major client had a push out uh, to build things. And that client is Apple. 
So keep track of the fact that Apple, while its numbers, we know revenues, service stream doing quite well. I had a second note today. I had that from Katie Hubert yesterday. Uh, mm. Apple looks like it's going to be a little bit later on the phone, according to uh, if you read the tea leaves who broke up. Right. That stock, look, I mean, we look at a one year, it's an actual V, Jim. It is an, a, a, a literal V on the screen. I mean, the low was what, one, where were we? One nine, 180, yeah. something like that. Uh, back during the, obviously, uh, the, the, the height of the market sell-off. These are check marks, almost like check marks. Uh, David, when you look at the, from the bottom to where we were uh, for, since March, it was Apple that led us up. It was responsible for 12%. Microsoft responsible for 10%. Maybe they take a bit of a breather and we let the bottom of the pack lead us because these numbers are so mm-hmm. good. Interesting. Yeah, uh, it's a point we've made a lot of times in the S&P, of course. When you, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, you're talking, what, $5 trillion in yeah. market cap right there. We'll keep a close eye on those on the overall market as well. But don't forget, the Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence, will be our guest after this. Welcome back. Our discussion continues about the jobs number for uh, May at uh, 2.5 million. Jim, of all the things that are working, you can pile on top of that an OPEC plus meeting tomorrow where I don't know. What's the calculus now on uh, production cuts? I mean, Brian Sullivan had uh, covered it excellently. He broke the story at 5 a.m. talking about uh, the really cohesion among OPEC. We hadn't seen that in a long time. All I know what this means is that the Permian's back. At these prices, even some of the worst uh, oil companies can make money, uh, which means that all those oil loans we were so worried about uh, makes that just one more thing that perhaps we were too worried about. Uh, so that if you looked at Wells Fargo's book of business, State of the Oils, and felt that, that uh, Charlie Sharp might have some trouble with it, well, at these prices, he won't. That does not mean that the prices are up here permanently. But the way you look at this is, again, the banks do really well. Yeah. You know, uh, there's been a whole school of thought. Uh, Fundstrat, Tom Lee's been one of them, is that you've got to keep piling into what he calls uh, the epicenter stocks that are at the center of social distancing airlines, cruise lines, travel and energy, too. Does that playbook live? How long does that playbook live? It, it, the playbook does live in the sense that if you look at a Norwegian cruise, and I pick on that because they had the fewest COVID when you look at the, C, you know, when you look at the CDC numbers. Uh, so, therefore, it's the best. I mean, shouldn't it get back to half of what it was? They did take down a lot of debt, uh, but they can pay it back. I, I think that when you look at Southwest Air, it, it, they, it, can it really get back? to where it was the animal spears might because this air this airline group has been so heavily shorted but these companies all raised a lot of money the only thing that can even momentarily stop them and i think i can ask vice president pence this is the treasury took a big stake in uh in almost in alaska american delta and southwest and jet i mean maybe the treasury rings the register why why fool around why not just take the money off the table but it is it, there's gary kelly Keeps. I keep thinking what he said to us, Carl. If there was no place to go, so there was no traveling. Well, suddenly there is a place to go. But will business travel pick up now that we've done this remarkable stay at home uh, and mm. still do a lot of business? Yep. So I don't know why they should go back to where they were, but they sure could get back closer to uh, at least half of where they were. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, leisure travel. We talked about Vegas yesterday. Today, it's our own parent. Universal Orlando opens uh, in Florida. But the airline executives have been quite clear, Jim, that corporate travel, especially corporate international travel, will be a much tougher fix. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we still have to quarantine ourselves if we go from overseas. You have to have a two week self-quarantine. Uh, I think that there's going to be tremendous pressure on uh, these regulations and on the doctors in, uh, that are involved with the, at the CDC or, uh, or advising the president. Mass and social distancing seem to have worked. So let's reopen the economy. Maybe we don't need to have people quarantine that long. That would help the big international routes that matter. Uh, but there is an incredible thing that happened here, Carl, that I've never really seen before, which is that the pre-market trading of these stocks, of the airlines and the cruises, is really, really heavy. It's actual volume. It's not tape painting, as we used to say. Uh, People want in these stocks because they recognize that if a lot of stuff is open, people will travel again. Uh, American Airlines press release yesterday was incredible. Basically, it said, hey, people want to travel. We're going to add a lot of routes. If they add routes, they make more money. 
Uh, they have to hire back people that have been furloughed. Uh, so I think this trade can continue, if only just because these stocks were uh, so far below where they should have gotten uh, if you could open up Universal and Disney. Yeah. And, Jim, we'll talk a little bit later on about what Jay Powell says next, Jeez. what Congress does next on further uh, stimulus and so forth. There's the bell at the NYSE and IPO, uh, Shift 4 Payments, a provider of payment processing and money transfers at the NASDAQ. It's another IPO, Data Nexus, a local on-demand retailer and delivery platform in China. Speaking of China, Jim, we're going to get to that with the vice president, I would imagine, in a moment, a day after uh, Pompeo says that uh, the Nasdaq's uh, listing rules should serve as a model for Chinese names. Yeah, I mean, this is the time when I think that the vice president has actually been the leader in the administration of trying to figure out, along with Peter Navarro, uh, trying to figure out how to handle and contain China. And I think that the uh, bro- the brokerage firms have been uh, mercenaries. And I think that if you filed for one of these deals, there's two deals that are uh, in the hopper. Uh, I think that you should expect to get blowback from the government. Uh, these deals don't need to be done. Uh, and uh, the financials, I see Luckin trading up big. Uh, I don't really know what Luckin's worth, given that there was fraud. Uh, but I think that there are a lot of people, particularly through uh, uh, newer forms of trading and, and newer places like Robinhood, that are what we used to call gunning Luckin. They're gunning Hertz right now. Uh, I don't know what these stubs are worth, but I do know that Luckin has uh, resonates in terms of trying to figure out what a Chinese company is really worth. The fraud there was just extraordinary. And the pressure that some of us got from the bankers saying that we were quite wrong and saying it could be fraudulent was extraordinary. I mean, I had to tell one of them, this is, well, I, I was Jimmy Chill. I, I didn't. I just said, shut up. I said, hush. <laughs> speaking of banks, Jim, uh, speaking of banks, uh, it, today, it's, it's about Comerica, it's about Zion, it's about Lincoln National, um, and Oxy, uh, an American leading the S&P, at least for the moment. A lot of, a lot of swirling around today. Uh, look, the, these, uh, the, the ones that were most in danger, Oxy can make money here. That's the thing. Oxy could not make money. At, no one's making money at uh, minus 37. But there were levels where you could make money for if you're a couple of very well-established oil companies. And then there were a couple that had really bad balance sheets. And, and at this level, they can make money. Rather incredible. They made it back. Wow, the companies that were, uh, if you thought that the economy was going to slow down, the stocks are being annihilated. I know that Meg Terrell has Regeneron later today about their human trials. That stock can't get out of its own way, for heaven's sake. That's, that's a recession stock. Well, yeah, we've got a, uh, someone who I think has got his pulse on the situation right now, looking at this market, Dow up 700 points. Uh, joining us exclusively is Vice President Mike Pence. Mr. Vice President, thank you so much for coming on Squawk on the Street. You bet. Great to be with all of you. And uh, it's a great day for America. Well, let's talk about that. It's, abs- it's a remarkable number. There is no doubt about it. We were looking for uh, maybe as much as 20 percent unemployed. Uh, we got 13 percent. Right. Uh, nice growth. So we have to ask, first, is the worst over? And second, do you need to do more than you've already done? Well, I really believe that uh, today's uh, extraordinary economic news, where we saw unemployment decline to 13.3 percent, we saw two and a half million jobs added, it is a, a tribute to President Donald Trump's leadership throughout this pandemic, but long before. Remember, uh, under this president's policy of less taxes, less regulation, free and fair trade, unleashing American energy, we'd created more than seven million jobs. But the president's decisive action from January forward, where we suspended all travel from China, the mitigation efforts to put the health of the American people first, more than $3 trillion provided for families and small businesses to see us through this pandemic in the recovery efforts, and then ultimately the president's guidelines to uh, states across the country to, to reopen their economies. It's all working. Uh, we're seeing it. It's remarkable to think that this jobs report today was actually from a survey in mid-May, uh, when uh, roughly 50% of small businesses around America were starting to reopen. The U.S. Chamber just did a survey where they think 80% are reopening. And in all of our discussions with governors, our focus in the month of May uh, at the Coronavirus Task Force has been to safely reopen America. Uh, and this jobs report today shows you the American people are stepping up, standing on that strong foundation that President Trump laid, the strong, resilient 
economy, the resilience of the American people, and uh, uh, this recovery begins today. Well, uh, Mr. Vice President, if that's the case, uh, do you need to coalesce with the Democrats who would like to have a a $3 trillion plan? Uh, We know that the uh, bountiful versus what it was, uh, employment claim number with additional $600 uh, expires at the end of July. Is it okay to let that expire? Do you need to have talks with the Democrats? Do you need to do something about, say, minority uh, aid packages to cities because of what happened not so long ago, the tragedy in Minneapolis? Are these on the table or do we just let it run? Well, look, those discussions are ongoing, and we're, we're going we're gonna to work in good faith to put the interests of American families and American businesses first. But what's absolutely essential about any additional recovery package is that we have the kind of pro-growth policies that President Trump's been advancing. Uh, look, we're, we're going we're gonna to be there for families to see them through. The president said early on, and I'm sure he'll reiterate in just a few moments today, from the White House that we're going to do whatever it takes to get the American people through this pandemic. And we've done that. We'll continue to do that for families and small businesses, particularly businesses that have been severely impacted in our inner inner cities, including businesses that have been subject to rioting and and looting uh, in recent days. But what has to be there, this president believes, is we've got to have a payroll tax cut. We've got to have the kind of pro-growth policies that will continue this economic recovery. You know, the only thing that could slow this economic recovery uh, is if Joe Biden and the Democrats won the election this November and brought about their higher taxes, their war on coal, their Green New Deal, and all the policies that President Trump has been pushing back on. And that, that's the choice the American people will face in November. But today what you see is the strength of the American people who have heeded this president's guidance. We put the health of the country first. The mitigation efforts work. Uh, our recovery and relief plans work. And the president's guidelines to states across the country to reopen America are working. Now, all 50 states are reopening their economy, and you see the evidence of that in these numbers today. All right. Uh, I understand the uh, political aspect, uh, but I want to stick again with uh, opening America and what it means for jobs, because that's, I think, fundamental. But this may be the chance. Uh, Mr. Vice President, you gave one of the most stirring speeches I can recall. It was a towering speech in front of the Hudson Institute. It was October 4th of 2018. I know I was concerned our economy might be tweaked to be able to do this, but you said, uh, and it was somewhat prophetic, but I come before you today because the American people deserve to know that, as we speak, Beijing is employing a whole government approach using political, economic, and military tools, as well as propaganda to advance its influence and benefits its interests in the United States. Sir, if you were doing that speech now, would you include the term biological? Well, uh, look, what, uh, what I said in 2018, the speech that I spoke on behalf of the administration, uh, simply articulated uh, President Trump's leadership from the very beginning. Jim, you've talked about this many times. No president uh, in, uh, in my lifetime has done more to rebalance our trading relationship and to stand up to China's abuses than President Donald Trump. And you've seen that action in, in recent days. And, and when you look at China's conduct in the midst of, uh, of the coronavirus pandemic, uh, it, it just it reaffirms the strong stand that President Trump took from very early on in this administration relative to China. And now that we see uh, China, you know, extending its authority, violating its international agreement relative to Hong Kong, again, it's just an affirmation. What what China did in in keeping from the world uh, the information that America and and every nation on earth needed to deal with the coronavirus pandemic, uh, was was uh, it, it was a travesty that the fact that China suspended travel within China but allowed people to continue to leave the Wuhan area to travel to the United States and around the world. But again, I just have to tell you that you know before there was a single domestic case of community transmission in the United States, uh, the American people can take great comfort in the fact that in late January, President Trump suspended all travel from China. And I can tell you, having been leading the coronavirus task force now over the last three months, that act alone bought us an invaluable amount of time to stand up a a whole of America response 
that unquestionably, because of the cooperation of the American people, because of the, the leadership of, in, of state and local leaders, incredible health care workers, and the leadership of President Trump, we slowed the spread, we flattened the curve, and we saved lives. But now going forward, we're going to continue to hold China accountable uh, for, the, uh, for the, the, what they did and what they failed to do to give the world the information that we all needed and deserved. Mr. Vice President, uh, not to get too wonky, but um, you know, money supply in this country is up 80% annualized in the last three months as we were trying to respond to the pandemic. If the recovery really does right. begin today, and I know there's conflicting views about the correlation, but are, are you worried about inflation? Is the White House on guard for inflation? Well, we're, we're, always, we're always mindful of inflation, but I, I must tell you, one of the numbers that uh, our economic team presented to the president and me earlier this week is that savings are up uh, across the country. And, and make no mistake about it, the, the president's priority from early on in this process was first the health of the American people. It's why we asked the American people in the middle of March to do extraordinary things, to embrace the, the guidelines for America, the mitigation, the social distancing. But the second thing was the president wanted to make sure that the American people, starting with families, had the direct support necessary to to make their way through this time that uh, that that fell upon our our nation, uh, and uh, and and I want to tell you that that the numbers that are coming out today, what we're hearing in states across the country, as Americans are returning to work, I think is a real testament to the decisions that the president made, uh, the bipartisan support uh, that we had for those relief efforts on Capitol Hill. And that's where we're going to stay focused in the days ahead, making sure the American people, American businesses, large and small, are able to fully recover and then some. But I, I, I do want to tell you that uh, we're going to do what needs to be done uh, to bring this economy all the way back. What, what we believe the, the real threat to the economic recovery going forward are the policies of Joe Biden, the policies of Democrats in Congress that are already advocating raising taxes, increasing regulation, the Green New Deal, the, it, you know, restarting the war on coal, all, all the opposite direction that laid that solid foundation President Trump laid that created more than 7 million jobs. That's the foundation that you see in evidence today, the, the strength of the American people, the fundamental strengths of this economy. And, and that's the path that we're going to keep this nation on for the rest of this year and for four more years. Uh, Mr. Vice President, it's David Faber. I think the, the market may have decided that war on coal already. But my question is more uh, to the growing potential disparity between rich and poor in the country. When your administration came into power, you were certainly focused on it. May very well have been one of the reasons why Donald Trump was elected. You passed a tax cut you said would potentially address it. Very much unclear that was the case. And then the pandemic hit. And it does seem as we come out of this pandemic that one of the effects is going to be to, to, to widen the disparity between rich and poor in this country. What policies are you going to put in place to potentially address that? In addition, of course, to the social unrest we're seeing right now, which in part may also be a reflection of that. Well, it's look, I, I, what I'd want to do respectfully is take issue with the premise of your question. When the president uh, cut taxes uh, across the board when we rolled back regulation, unleashed American energy. Uh, we saw unemployment uh, drop across this country. We saw wages rise across this country. I mean, we, we just came through a period where we had the lowest unemployment ever recorded for African Americans, the lowest unemployment ever recorded for Hispanic Americans. And uh, when I was governor of the state of Indiana from a manufacturing state, we, we were always pushing on how we can increase wages. That was, you all know, here on this network, that was the stubborn indicator. But under the president's leadership and the policies of the last three years, we actually saw wages rising, and they were rising most rapidly for hardworking, blue-collar Americans. And so we were closing the gap with the policies that President Trump put into effect. Uh, and, uh, and I, I want to assure you that if, if there's another phase of recovery efforts, we're going to make sure we have more pro-growth policies in addition to direct relief for families and businesses as we put this coronavirus more and more uh, in the past uh, every day. But the, the contrast between the policies this president enacted over the last three and a half years 
And what, uh, what Joe Biden and the Democrats are advocating could not be more clear. Uh, it was the president's policies, expanding opportunity, that we're seeing wages rise, that we're closing that income gap, unemployment at record lows, particularly for minorities. And that's the message we're going to take to the American people come November 3rd. Right. And now many of those same populations are both on the front lines in terms of the pandemic and also make up a lot of the municipal workforces around the country, Mr. Vice President. We've had a parade of right. governors and mayors join us on CNBC uh, over the last few months, uh, both blue states and red states. And many of them are concerned, given the significant decrease in revenues that they're seeing as a result of the pandemic and the shutdown. What, if anything, is the administration willing to do to help those states that potentially have to cut their municipal workforces in order to meet budget shortfalls? Well, one of the things that we did early on, the Treasury Department uh, uh, gave greater flexibility in, in some of the initial relief funding that we distributed so that it, it can support uh, payroll for firefighters and police and first responders. But make no mistake about it, the, the president's expressed a strong uh, openness to uh, another relief bill. We're speaking with governors. We had our uh, latest conference call with governors across the country this last week. And I, and I have to tell you, uh, since the day the president tapped me to lead the White House Coronavirus Task Force, uh, he, he told me it was to be a whole-of-government approach, but that meant bringing together all of the governors, all of the state governments around the country with the full resources of the federal government. And, and that's really been a seamless partnership every step of the way. And that through the mitigation period, uh, through the relief programs, but also remember it was, it was April 15th, a, a month before today's survey was taken, that the president directed our team to send to the states guidelines to open up America again. And, and, uh, and so states could be ready in, in early May to begin to put those guidelines into practice. And I think the, the results that you're seeing today are the fact that in states across the country, now all 50 states uh, are reopening. They took those guidelines, a phased approach, put them into practice. But governors around the country know that President Trump and I uh, are, uh, are ready, willing, and able to work with them to, to see them through this time. And those expenses directly related to the coronavirus uh, are, we believe, will be appropriately a part of any additional relief effort. But it's got, guys, I'm telling you, the president is very firm and very clear on this. We're going to help families. Uh, we're going to help small businesses. Uh, we're open to helping states with coronavirus-related costs. Uh, but President Donald Trump believes to keep this recovery growing and, and moving, we've got to have the pro-growth policies uh, that have contributed to the fundamental strength of this economy from the beginning. That includes a payroll tax cut, and we're going to be rolling our sleeves up and going to work uh, with Democrats and Republicans uh, in the Congress to accomplish just that. Uh, Mr. Vice President, I know you are a, his, a historian, so you might be remembered that 52 years ago, uh, Bobby Kennedy was in Indianapolis, your home state. Uh, on the unfortunate moment when we learned about Dr. King. And he talked about, he quoted Aeschylus, and he talked about the idea that out of despair, drop by drop upon the heart, against our will comes wisdom to the awful grace of God. And I know you know this, the protesters. What do we tell them? Do we answer, answer them with what uh, Bobby Kennedy did in honor of Dr. King? Do we say something and do something to meet the 150 cities where we have protesters, some violent, I know, I don't regard them as protesters. I'm talking about people, good people, who you and I both know are in the spirit of Dr. King. What do we say to them? Well, Jim, thank, thank you for uh, remembering that Indianapolis was the place that Bobby Kennedy's historic uh, speech occurred. Um, uh, that, was a, that was an important moment in the life uh, of the nation. And uh, uh, I must tell you that uh, President Trump and I have been very clear uh, the death of George Floyd was a, a tragedy. Uh, it, it is also, uh, uh, it, it has been heart-rending uh, for all of us to watch that uh, video. And uh, the president and I are committed, Justice Department's committed to ensure that justice is served. And, and uh, we, we stand with our peaceful protesters. Uh, we're listening. But there, there will be no tolerance for rioting and, and looting uh, and, and, and violence against, uh, against individuals or law enforcement officers. It's the reason why the president took the strong action that he took. 
uh, and we are encouraged to see that in, in recent days uh, these, uh, uh, these protests have remained largely peaceful, and we trust that we will continue to see that effort. Since the president called on governors to use their National Guard, we went from 17,000 National Guard deployed in states across the country to more than 32,000 as of yesterday. So we're, we're, we're providing for the security of our communities, of our businesses, and of peaceful protesters, and we'll continue to do that. But finally, we're also going to listen. Uh, we're going we're gonna to pray to have uh, ears to hear and to have open hearts. I met yesterday uh, with African-American leaders here at the White House. Uh, I'll be traveling to a nearby church today. Uh, and, and we really do believe uh, that this is a moment in which we can, as a nation, focus on the challenges that our African-American uh, countrymen are facing. And, uh, and, and this president, I'm proud to say, uh, enacted policies that saw the lowest unemployment rate ever recorded for African Americans. We passed opportunity zones that have seen $100 billion of capital investment focused on our inner cities. He's been a champion of educational choice to give families the right to choose where their children go to school uh, and, of course, pass criminal justice reform. Th those are all policies this president has advanced, giving evidence to our determination uh, to, uh, to lead for every American uh, and, to, and to see the prosperity of every American, including our brothers and sisters in the African-American uh, community. But we're going to listen. Uh, we're going we're to have open hearts, and we're going to look for more policies because, as the president said, the night of his election, his determination is to be president for all of the American people. Uh, and now, as we see the, the first shoots, the first strong signs of an economic recovery, following the coronavirus pandemic, I promise you, uh, this president and our entire team are going to continue to work uh, for the prosperity and well-being of every American, regardless of race or creed or color. Mr. Vice President, thank you so much for joining us. Let's walk on the street. Thank you, man. Okay, Carl, back to you. All right, Jim, thanks for that. Of course, the president's going to hold a press conference in a few moments about the jobs number and probably will get asked a few more things as well. In the meantime, uh, Dow 27K, first time since March 4th. Nearly every component is green, and the S&P within 1.5% of going positive for the year. It's remarkable to think that this jobs report today was actually from a survey in mid-May. Uh, when uh, roughly 50% of small businesses around America were starting to reopen. The U.S. Chamber just did a survey where they think 80% are reopening. And in all of our discussions with governors, our focus in the month of May uh, at the Coronavirus Task Force has been to safely reopen America. Uh, and this jobs report today shows you the American people are stepping up, standing on that strong foundation that President Trump laid, the strong, resilient economy, the resilience of the American people, and uh, uh, this recovery begins today. That's the vice president with us a few moments ago. Uh, Jim said he believes uh, the jobs data indicates the recovery begins today. Mentioned the payroll tax and con ongoing discussions about further coronavirus relief. Yeah, I think that our questions about uh, the protesters, what can be done for minorities, these are questions that have to be answered given the fact that things, the recovery started uh, not today, but actually several months, several weeks ago. Uh, what an excellent time to come from strength to solve uh, these issues in the way that the Business Roundtable wants to. They have to be uh, front and center. It's always important to focus on, on the uh, pandemic, uh, but it's also an opportunity as a show of strength for the federal government to be allied with business and business roundtable in uniting and trying to listen, as he said he would, to the questions that the protesters are putting and, and try to solve them as best as they could. And I take that as a, a belief that maybe there can be a discussion that leads to more than talk, which is what's so necessary. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Jim and David, just looking at some of them, looking at some of the indicators this morning, I noticed Apple all time high. That got your yep. attention. Oh, look, look, let, let's let's I mean, this is one of those numbers where people are going to say, wait a second. Uh, there were some really smart people who knew it and they're going to ring the register. Uh, so there'll be some profit taking. 
there will also be some people who say, you know what, why do I need the stocks of yesteryear? Uh, why do I need FANG? And the answer why you need FANG is because they're big cap stocks and they do well when, they, when money comes into the S&P because that's what's going to happen. The money managers who listen to the Dalios and listen to the Druckenmillers, they're not going to sit there and say, you know what, I've got to go buy Shopify. It's down. Uh, they were on last night. They have a great story. They're going to throw money at the S&P. When you throw money at the S&P, what you're really doing is throwing money at uh, FANG plus uh, Microsoft. So don't forget, as much as you may think that those stocks are overplayed, they are the way that they are the ones that do well when money comes in the S&P. And the other ones that people are going to buy are retailers that were thought to be left for dead that turned out to be hiring, judging from both the employment report and the initial findings that we get uh, of just the last two weeks since the market started opening. David. Yeah, I'm here, Jim. Sorry. Um, You know, trying to keep track of a couple of things as well, guys, uh, that we typically would follow. But I mean, the rally, uh, Jim, you know, up two percent. So we're thirty one seventy six in the S&P. Obviously, the Nasdaq is already well into positive territory for the year, up almost nine percent now. Is there any sort of change in your approach in terms of how you would weight certain things uh, in this market? Uh, Do you start to look for more of the value names? Well, I I think that the answer to that is yes. Uh, I actually have not looked at auto for some time. But when I see the CDC say, you know, basically no carpooling, and when I know that the pandemic seemed to be centered uh, on public transit, uh, then I have to tell you, people are going to buy cars. And if people can buy cars, can you buy Ford here for spec? Absolutely. Can you buy GM? Uh, absolutely. Can you buy the companies that make the, pro- the parts that go into autos? Yes, I think that will be the next one. That's the next wave. People are going to be looking for auto plays. Uh, they, they had been left for dead. The left for dead trade is still on. At the same time, uh, I think that what we're going to look for is technology that does well when the economy does well, not just technology that does well when the economy does poorly. Hey, you know, uh, Mark Cuban tweeting a moment ago, Jim, saying the number of the jobs number is great, he says. But the great unknown is how many of the jobs that were subsidized by PPP will return after that money runs out. That's still a question markets got to wrestle with. Well, look, social distancing uh, makes sports very difficult. Uh, and Mark knows that better than anybody. We, I, I believe that masks, I know Mark is not a, a pro mask guy. I, I happen to think that mask design right, and it's something I've been trying to do, uh, personally, uh, it can make it so maybe we can cut some of the social distance. I, I, know, I know social distance is incredibly important, but we, sports are a big part of the country. Going out is a big part of the country. We've not solved that yet. And Mark is absolutely right. We've got to worry about that. But I think that we've also got to get America open. There's lots of part of, of, the, of the country where it, the phases are going slowly. Mass social distancing do work. Uh, particularly uh, if everyone wears a mask. But restaurants, uh, 13 million people, still a conundrum. You still have to take out half your tables. Don't know how that's going to work. That's something that the president uh, is going to have to worry about. And Mark Cuban's dead right, as always. Jim, good weekend. Thank you, guys. I'm going fishing and doing some gardening. Uh, (laughs) I was supposed to not work today. Some days, if you take off, you really are. Down, ill-advised, because again, <laughs> Jimmy Chill no longer says that he's a stupid chowderhead if he had missed today. I'm a changed man. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.